here this evening, and I appreciate the invitation, and it's, uh, it's a blessing uh, to see all of you, and I'm very thankful always for uh, those who have an interest in the Word of God. I, uh, I want to also say that I have enjoyed and appreciated uh, the lessons thus far. Uh, I was uh, thinking about the two lessons uh, last week and how that I had, uh, throughout this week, I had revisited them on the webpage. And uh, I appreciate the things that I've learned, but there was one thing that I noticed and I'm really thankful for was I noticed with Brother Brad and Brother Moran's lesson last week that obviously we're really not under any time limit. And uh, so that's a good thing. And so especially Brother Brad, um, I, I, I want to tell Brother Justin, he looked over there and said, that clock's not working. Well, Brother Brad broke it. Uh, that's, that's, why it's not, that's why it's not working. It, you know, it, can, it could only take so much strain, but, but uh, I do appreciate the things that have been said, and I certainly ask for an interest in your prayers. And uh, <clears throat> I say this sincerely. I don't say this to try to be funny, but uh, when, uh, when I was contacted and, and told that I was being asked to present a lesson again this year at the Winter Bible Study and was told by them that they wanted me to do a lesson on Miriam, Moses and Aaron's sister. At first I thought, okay, but why? I mean, there's really not, you, you honestly are talking about someone who really, there's not a whole lot said about her in the Bible. Uh, in fact, if, you, if, if I were tonight to just go over the scriptures that speak about Miriam, uh, you all would love me because I'd be done quickly. But, uh, but as I began to, uh, you know, to look at this and study it, there were certainly a lot of things that the Lord brought to my mind, and I hope that they will be helpful tonight, but most of all, I hope and pray that the Lord will be pleased. As I look out at the crowd tonight, it's probable that maybe none of you here, even, uh, even though uh, some of you have been members of a missionary Baptist church for many years, uh, it's likely that uh, there's nobody here tonight and if there is anybody, I'd say it's very few here tonight that have ever come to church on any given Sunday morning and heard your pastor get up and say, okay, today I'm going to bring a sermon on the events in the life of Miriam, the sister of Moses and Aaron. It's not a real, uh, it, it's not a, a common subject. It's not often talked about or taught about, but there are some things, as I said, in the scriptures concerning her, and I want to try to do uh, uh, 
tonight what the committee has asked of me. And I'll begin by uh, saying that Miriam is mentioned by name, unless I miscounted, and that's very possible. She's mentioned by name 13 times in the Bible. And I say that, I say by name because in Exodus chapter 2, in the first eight verses, it says, And there went a man of the house of Levi, and took to wife a daughter of Levi, and the woman conceived and bare a son, and when she saw that he was a goodly child, she hid him three months. And when she could not longer hide him, she took for him an ark of bulrushes and daubed it with slime and with pitch and put the child therein. And she laid it in the flags by the river's brink. And his sister stood afar off to wit what would be done to him. And the daughter of Pharaoh came down to wash herself at the river, and her maidens walked along by the riverside. And when she saw the ark among the flags, she sent her maid to fetch it. And when she had opened it, she saw the child, and behold, the babe wept. And she had compassion on him and said, This is one of the Hebrews' children. Then she said, Then said his sister to Pharaoh's daughter, Shall I go and call to thee a nurse of the Hebrew women, that she may nurse the child for thee? And Pharaoh's daughter said to her, Go. And the maid went and called the child's mother. Now, I believe that it's very likely that the maid here that was mentioned as the sister was Miriam. But uh, that has been questioned by some. And uh, I will say this, that uh, to the best of my knowledge, every other place in the Bible that talks about the sister of Moses and Aaron, Miriam, is mentioned by name. Here it just says uh, that uh, his sister did this, and we do know that this was uh, in reference to Moses and what his mother did to try to preserve his life. And so again, uh, it says uh, that his sister, uh, she went to see what would happen to him. And certainly, uh, I believe that uh, what she did here was, was, was uh, it was providential. God's providence was in the matter. In the 26th chapter of Numbers, in verses 59 and 60, it says, it tells us that the father of Aaron Moses and Miriam was Amram, and their mother's name was Jochebed. And you can also find in 1 Chronicles chapter 6, verse 3, that Amram was the father of Aaron, Moses, and Miriam. Now we are, we are told that Aaron had sons named Nadab, Abihu, and Eleazar, and Ithamar. And in Exodus chapter 6, verse 23, we're told that 
Aaron's wife was named Elisheba, if I'm pronouncing that right, the daughter of Amenadab. In Exodus 2, 21, Exodus 3, 1, and Exodus 18 and 4, we find that Jethro, the priest of Midian, gave his daughter Zipporah to Moses, with whom he had two sons, Gershom and Eleazar. But as for Miriam, to the best of my knowledge, the Bible says nothing about her ever being a wife or a mother. And so I have to conclude that either she wasn't or she was, and the scriptures just didn't uh, record those facts. So what do we really know uh, about Miriam? Well, we do know, as the uh, title of the lesson that was assigned, we do know that she was sister to Moses and Aaron, uh, probably their older sister. We know that uh, she, the Bible t tells us that she knew how to play a tambourine, and evidently, she, when she did that, she was influential in getting other women to play tambourines also and, and to provoke them to dance and to sing. We do know that about her. The next time that uh, she is mentioned uh, is there in the uh, 15th chapter of Exodus, and we'll get to that in a moment. Uh, but Miriam was a prophetess, and she was actually one of only six women that the Bible tells us uh, were a prophetess, except for Jezebel there in Revelation that declared herself to be one. But she, uh, uh, as we are told there, and again in Exodus chapter 15, that Miriam was a prophetess. And I want to uh, spend a little bit of time on that and talk about that because there again, I would say it's likely that uh, you've never come to church on Sunday morning. And uh, I, I say Sunday morning because that's the only time that some people come. But uh, it, it, perhaps you've never come to church on Sunday morning and heard your pastor get up and say, okay, my message today is going to explain what a prophetess is. I mean, it's not, that's just not something that we commonly hear, and it's not something that's commonly mentioned in the Scriptures. As I said, in the, uh, in the entirety of the Old and New Testament, there are only six that are called by that name that we are told that they were a prophetess. Now, I don't know how many of you use uh, a strong concordance. I, I've used one for years. And according to uh, that concordance, the word prophetess was taken from a word in the Hebrew language which can mean an inspired woman or the wife of a prophet. And... <clears throat> I mean, I, I, can't, I can't dispute that. I can't dispute that, that the original language, that that word had the capability of meaning uh, that it could be in reference to the wife of a prophet. 
but I'll just, I'll just have to say this in my own studies. I haven't come across anything that, to me, is convincing at all that any of these women who the Bible called the prophetess were called that just because they were married to a prophet. I mean, it, the Bible just doesn't seem to prove that in any way. Uh, in, uh, in Webster's 1828 Dictionary, which, again, I use a lot, he, he defined a prophetess as a female prophet. And, and I mean, you know, it, it, may, it may sound nitpicky, but I don't think it would be proper to call a woman a prophet. Uh, there, there, there's, again, there's no scripture that, that says a, uh, anything about a woman being a female prophet. They were called by the name prophetess. And so uh, that was his uh, definition of that. In, in Luke chapter 2, in verse 25 through 38, this is something that we read, uh, of course, in the New Testament. It says, And behold, there was a man in Jerusalem whose name was Simeon, and the same man was just and devout, waiting for the consolation of Israel, and the Holy Ghost was upon him, and it was revealed unto him by the Holy Ghost that he should not see death before he had seen the Lord's Christ. And he came by the Spirit into the temple, and when the parents brought in the child Jesus to do for him after the custom of the law, then took he him up in his arms and blessed God and said, Lord, now let us thy servant depart in peace according to thy word, for mine eyes have seen thy salvation, which thou hast prepared before the face of all people, a light to lighten the Gentiles, and the glory of thy people Israel. And Joseph and his mother marveled those things at those things which were spoken of him. And Simeon blessed them and said unto Mary his mother, Behold, this child is set for the fall and rising again of many in Israel, and for a sign which shall be spoken against. Yea, a sword shall also pierce through thine own soul also, that the thoughts of many hearts may be revealed. And there was one Anna, a prophetess, the daughter of Phanuel of the tribe of Aser. She was of a great age and had lived with an husband seven years from her virginity. And she was a widow of about fourscore and four years, which departed not from the temple, but served God with fastings and prayers day and night. And, and she coming in that instant gave likewise unto the Lord and spake, gave thanks likewise unto the Lord and spake of him to all them who looked for redemption in Israel. Now, this is, again, other than the self-proclaimed prophetess, uh, there in the, I believe, the second chapter of Revelation, perhaps. Uh, this was the only uh, one in the New Testament writings that the Bible speaks of 
uh, as being a prophetess, and in the original language in the New Testament, the word prophetess came from a Greek word meaning a female foreteller or an inspired woman. Now, if we read, and, and I believe that too, of the, uh, the, the most prominent ones, uh, if we read in the fourth chapter of Judges, we read there about a woman named Deborah. And she was a prophetess. She was the wife of Lapidoth. And the Bible says that she judged Israel at this time. And again, as the, uh, the Bible calls her a prophetess, but it actually says nothing about her husband having been a prophet, but if you read uh, through the fourth chapter of Judges, uh, it would be very hard to deny uh, the fact that Deborah foretold of future events and, and what she foretold came to pass. And that was basically what happened with the men who were prophets. They foretold things, uh, and if they, if they didn't come to pass then they, it was known that they were not a true prophet. They were a false prophet. And so they did prophesy. And also the, uh, perhaps the second greatest example is found in 2 Kings chapter 22 and verses 14 through 20. And I'm, I'm not going to read all that. You can go read that. And that was uh, of, the, uh, of another woman uh, known as a prophetess whose name was Huldah. And so... Uh, and, and she also did uh, foretell of things that were going to happen, and they did happen. Now, there is a great distinction that I, you know, I, I thought about in this, is that you don't read with any of these women throughout the Bible, how few they were, you don't read where any of them were spoken about like, Isaiah, Ezekiel, Jeremiah, or, or any of what we commonly know as the minor prophets because of the brevity of their writing. But there's a, there's a, a statement that's often made uh, concerning the prophets, and the word of the Lord came unto Isaiah, Jeremiah, Ezekiel, whoever it was, and, and they, they wrote some of them very lengthy books, and they're in the Bible today, and, and some of them, as I said, those who are known as uh, minor prophets, really what they were, they were prophets. They were all prophets. That Some of them are only labeled as minor because of the brevity of their writing, but, uh, but they're, they're, there is no book of Miriam or Deborah or any, anything like that, as you know, in the Bible. Now, in the fourth chapter of Exodus, when Moses was giving God his excuses why he should not be the one sent to the Pharaoh, he told God he was slow of speech and of a slow tongue, and God told him he would send Aaron, his brother, with him uh, to be his spokesman. In the fifth chapter of Exodus, in verse 1, we're told that Moses and Aaron went in and told Pharaoh, 
God had said, let my people go. In Exodus chapter 7, verse 10, it was Moses and Aaron who went before the Pharaoh when Aaron cast the rod down before him and it became a serpent. In Exodus 9, verse 8, the Lord told Aaron and Moses to take a handful of ashes from the furnace and for Moses to sprinkle it toward the heaven in the sight of Pharaoh. And as we read about these events that took place when uh, the children of Israel were in bondage to the Egyptians, it was always Aaron and Moses. It was always the two of them that God sent to, uh, to go and to stand before the Pharaoh and to take God's message to them. Nothing was ever said about Miriam, but this is recorded and it's found in Micah chapter 6 verse 4. And in this verse, God was reminding them of his deliverance. He was reminding them of how he uh, had delivered them from the Egyptian bondage. And Micah chapter 6 verse 4 says, For I brought thee up out of the land of Egypt and redeemed thee out of the house of servants. And I sent before thee Moses, Aaron, and Miriam. And so uh, she obviously was there in the forefront uh, when the exodus began and when they left out of Egypt and started towards uh, the land that God had promised them, uh, the three of them were then mentioned. And so when we get to what's uh, recorded in the 15th chapter of Exodus where we read about Miriam by name the first time, uh, you know, after that God had parted the waters and given them safe passage, across the Red Sea and had drowned the Egyptians when they tried to pursue them. Exodus 15 verse 1 says, Then sang Moses and the children of Israel this song unto the Lord and spake, saying, I will sing unto the Lord, for he hath triumphed gloriously. The horse and the rider hath he thrown into the sea. And in verses 20 and 21 of that same chapter, it says, And Miriam, the prophetess, the sister of Aram, took a timbrel, or it's my understanding, as we know today, we would call it a tambourine, in her hand, and all the women went out after her with timbrels and with dances. And Miriam answered them, Sing ye to the Lord, for he hath triumphed gloriously. The horse and his rider hath he thrown into the sea. And, uh, you know, honestly, if you, if you read, uh, again, just the events, just the things that the Bible says about Miriam, this is perhaps the most exciting thing that you'll read. She was there, and uh, I'm not going to demonstrate it, 
but she was there with a tamarine, and she was, she was getting those other women uh, to sing. And so, I mean, that's a good thing. Uh, whenever somebody can motivate a group of women, uh, that's a real good thing. And she obviously was able to do that. They were praising the Lord. They had witnessed God's great power. They had witnessed God's great deliverance once again. And they were praising the Lord with their songs. Now, there's another trait that Miriam had. Something else that she was obviously able to do that we all have in common with her. She was able to anger the Lord. And if we look in the 12th chapter of Numbers, in uh, beginning with verse 1 and going through verse 16, And Miriam and Aaron spake against Moses because of the Ethiopian woman whom he had married, for he had married an Ethiopian woman. And they said, Hath the Lord indeed spoken only by Moses? Hath he not spoken also by us? And the Lord heard it. Now the man Moses was very meek above all the men which were upon the face of the earth. And the Lord spake suddenly unto Moses and unto Aaron and unto Miriam, Come out, ye three, unto the tabernacle of the congregation. And they three came out, and the Lord came down in the pillar of the cloud and stood in the door of the tabernacle and called Aaron and Miriam, and they both came forth. And he said, Hear now my words. If there be a prophet among you, I, the Lord, will make myself known unto him in a vision and will speak unto him in a dream. My servant Moses is not so, who is faithful in all my house. With him will I speak mouth to mouth, even apparently, and not in dark speeches. And the similitude of the Lord shall he behold. Wherefore then were ye not afraid to speak against my servant Moses? And the anger of the Lord was kindled against them, and he departed. And the cloud departed from off the tabernacle, and behold, Miriam became leprous, white as snow. And Aaron looked upon Miriam, and behold, she was leprous. And Aaron said unto Moses, Alas, my Lord, I beseech thee, lay not the sin upon us, wherein we have done foolishly, and wherein we have sinned, let her not be as one dead, of whom the flesh is half consumed, when he cometh out of his mother's womb. And Moses cried unto the Lord, saying, Heal her now, O God, I beseech thee. And the Lord said unto Moses, If her father had but spit in her face, should she not be ashamed seven days? Let her be shut out from the camp seven days, and after that let her, let her be received in again. And Miriam was shut out from the camp seven days, and the people journeyed not till Miriam was brought in again. And afterwards the people removed from 
Hazaroth and pitched in the wilderness of Haran. And so we see uh, that uh, this, in this situation that she got in trouble with God and uh, it, it wasn't, I mean, I think, I think sometimes it may, uh, it may be uh, thought that it was because of uh, their displeasure with uh, the woman that Moses had chosen to marry. Uh, but, you know, God was angry with her that she was speaking against uh, Moses and, uh, you know, the, the type of person uh, that he was and the things that God had done with him. And, and he asked her, he said, you know, were you not afraid? Were you not afraid to speak against Moses? I'm sure that uh, when, uh, when God told them to, you know, go to the tabernacle, I'm sure that was fearful. Uh when he, when he told them, uh, when he told uh, Miriam and Aaron to, uh, to come out there and see him, I'm sure that was fearful. I tried to think about that, and I thought, well, they, they must have thought, well, we, we've really messed up here. That was probably even, not probably, I'm sure that was a lot scarier than even hearing Jerry Miller, please come to the principal's office, uh, which I'm just using that as an example. But, uh, but I mean, there, there are times when, I mean, certainly there are times when we've been called on the carpet, uh, different things, maybe someplace where you were employed or something like that, but, but God was angry. Uh, he was angry with them. And uh, that's, that's not a good feeling because I know, unfortunately, what that feels like, too. And so uh, Moses turned to God on her behalf, and, and God, uh, after making her become a leper, uh, God took that away also. And so... <clears throat> I'm sure that, well, I, I say I'm sure. I suppose the Bible doesn't really tell us a lot about it, but I, su I suppose that Jochebed and, and Amram were good parents. Uh, I, certainly, I certainly believe that the mother of, of Moses showed her love for him by, by what she did in putting him in the, in the little ark and, and trying to save his life, trying to keep him from being slaughtered. But uh, Miriam, Aaron, and Moses, all of their children, uh, it, seemed that it, it seemed to be a family trait. They seemed to have a tendency to anger the Lord. They all did. We, we have examples of all three of them doing things that angered God and they got punished for it. They got in trouble for doing the things uh, that they should not have done. And I wanted to, uh, I wanted to talk about some of them. And, and, you know, I'm not the judge. Neither are you. I mean, it's not for me to say 
uh, whose sins are worse than somebody else's sins, but it just seems to me like that uh, Moses and Aaron both did worse things uh, than what Miriam did. In, uh, in the 32nd chapter of Exodus, in the first four verses, we're told there what Aaron did when Moses was up on the mountain receiving the commandments. It says, And when the people saw that Moses delayed to come down out of the mount, the people gathered themselves together unto Aaron and said unto him, Up, make us gods which shall go before us. For as this Moses, the man that brought us up out of the land of Egypt, we want not what is become of him. And Aaron said unto them, Break off the golden earrings which are in the ears of your wives, of your sons and of your daughters, and bring them to me. And all the people break off the golden earrings which were in their ears and brought them unto Aaron. And he received them at their hand and fashioned it with a graving tool after, after he had made it a molten calf. And they said, These be thy gods, O Israel, which brought thee up out of the land of Egypt. So Aaron, the brother of Moses and the brother of Miriam, uh, who had been uh, chosen and was the first high priest, uh, when, when Moses, his brother, was up in the mountain uh, receiving uh, the moral law written by the finger of God, it just seems to me like that when the people wanted to make an idol that he, he didn't argue with them at all. I mean, if he did, the Bible didn't tell us anything about it. He just said, okay, you know, bring me your gold then. And, and he, made, uh, he made an idol out of that. In the 20th chapter of Numbers, in the first 12 verses, it says, Then came the children of Israel, even the whole congregation, into the desert of Zin in the first month, and the people abode in Kadesh, and Miriam died there and was buried. And so we're almost to the last statement that the Bible makes about Miriam. We, we don't do a whole lot in this life after we die, do we? So her life ended there. And there was no water for the congregation, and they gathered themselves together against Moses and against Aaron. And the people chode with Moses and spake, saying, Would God that we had died when our brethren died before the Lord? And why have ye brought up the congregation of the Lord into the wilderness, that we and our cattle should die there. And wherefore have ye made us to come up out of Egypt to bring us into this evil place? It is, a, it is no place of seed or of figs or of vines or of pomegranates. Neither is there any water to drink. And Moses and Aaron went from the presence of the assembly unto the door of the tabernacle of the congregation and they fell upon their faces, and the glory of the Lord appeared unto them there. And the Lord spake unto Moses, saying, Take the rod, and gather thou the assembly together, thou and Aaron thy brother, and speak ye unto the rock before their eyes, and it shall give forth his water, and thou shalt bring forth to them water out of the rock. So thou shalt give the congregation and their beasts drink. And Moses took the rod from before the Lord as he commanded him, and Moses and Aaron gathered the congregation together 
before the rock, and he said unto them, Hear now, ye rebels, must we fetch ye water out of this rock? And Moses lifted up his hand, and, and Moses lifted up his hand, and with his rod he smote the rock twice, and the water came out abundantly, and the congregation drank, and their beast also. And the Lord spake unto Moses and Aaron, Because ye believe me not to sanctify me in the eyes of the children of Israel, therefore ye shall not bring this congregation into the land which I have given them. So none of them, none of the three of them, uh, Moses and Aaron, were not allowed to go because what they had done there, if you go on just a little bit later in that 20th chapter of Numbers, you'll read about Aaron uh, dying there in Mount Hor. But the three of them, uh, none of them crossed into Canaan. None of them crossed the Jordan into Canaan. And so... I said earlier, we don't know a lot about their parents, and perhaps, you know, perhaps they, they just rebelled regardless, or maybe, maybe they needed to teach their children a little bit more about how dangerous it is to trifle with God, because like I said, all of them got in big trouble with God for things that they did that displeased him. We better be doing what the Lord tells us to do. Amen? Because God is serious. I mean, the things he tells us, he's serious about it. And so in conclusion, in the uh, 24th chapter of Deuteronomy, in the verses 8 and 9, there's a reminder, and it says, Take heed in the plague of leprosy, that thou observe diligently, and do according to all that the priests, the Levites, shall teach you, as I commanded them, so shall ye observe to do. Remember what the Lord thy God did unto Miriam by the way. There's, we, we read something similar about Lot's wife, don't we? Remember Lot's wife. Remember what happened to her. Remember what the Lord thy God did unto Miriam, by the way, after that ye were come forth out of Egypt. And I remember uh, a few years ago in this, in this uh, Bible study that I was given uh, the task of talking about Moses. And I remember how overwhelmed I was in preparing the lesson with all the things that the Bible tells us about Moses. And I, I thought there's, there's no way that I can even come close in a single lesson to saying all the things that the Bible says about Moses. But to the best of my knowledge in this lesson, what I have shared with you tonight is everything that the Bible says about Miriam. Moses and Aaron's sister. And so, uh, if you need anything further, you'll have to get it somewhere else. Thank you for your attention.
Appreciate it, Brother Jerry. Appreciate the good lesson tonight. And uh, thankful once again for the ability to, to gather together and always enjoy uh, the winter.